Punching Holes in the Darkness is a podcast by the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. It's an opportunity for pastors and leaders in Michigan churches to have their voices heard and to share how to best reach our mission field from Detroit to the Upper Peninsula. Well, hello there. I'm Pastor Tim Patterson. I'm the Executive Director of the Baptist State Convention of Michigan, and you're listening to Punching Holes in the Darkness, a Michigan Baptist podcast about what's happening in Michigan and how God is using churches and people, individuals in our great state to make a difference for the kingdom. That's why we call it Punching Holes in the Darkness. Now today, uh, of course, we have uh, uh, Dr. Tony Lynn, our State Director of Missions, and uh, Mike Durbin, who is our Director of Evangelism and Church Strengthening. Both of these men are here in the podcast with us today, and of course, they are intimately involved with churches in our state. Well, folks, you know, we're we're just now coming toward, I'm not not saying the end of this crisis, but we're kind of moving out of that situation. And our church is going to be moving uh, to a new reality. And uh, it's not all bad. It's not all good. There's a lot of things about it that, uh, that we're, just not, we're just not sure how things are going to go. But I do know that our churches are going to be fine. Jesus is still <laughs> saved the Savior. God is still on the throne. Ministry will go on. It's just how is it going to take place? That's going to be the real question. And so... Uh, Mike and Tony, while while I've got you here and while we're talking about this, I, I really want to get some perspective on what you think and and let me share some of my heart, what I think is going to happen. I, I just know that uh, phasing out of our cloistered situation is uh, it's going to take some time and it's not going to happen quickly. And I believe that some, there's a lot of things that have happened in people's hearts and minds that are going to make them a tad bit reticent about coming back together uh, corporately. So uh, I think there's going to be some changes in that. Uh, but uh, tell me, Mike, I know you've thought about this quite a bit and you've been thinking through it. What do you think about uh, our churches and how they're going to move back into meeting together or how they're going to start doing ministry on the other side of our release from being uh sequestered. What do you think of that, Mike? You know, none of us have a crystal ball to know exactly what things are going to look like. But as I've been reading and studying and looking at what are the, what others are saying and listening to our health professionals, I'm pretty convinced that uh, the church is going to come back, but she's going to come back slowly. There'll be some, as soon as we open the doors, who will come back. They're, they're longing. They're needing the fellowship and the, the ministry and the love and the encouragement and and instruction that uh, takes place in the local church, they're, they're going to come back right away, but there'll be others. Uh, I think of uh, parents with small children who may be reticent at first to come back. So we need to prepare to have uh, a longer, if you will, season of expectation for when people will be coming back to our in-person uh, gatherings. And as they come back, well, they're going to be coming back with so many different things that have happened to them during this period of time. Some have lost their jobs. Some have gotten behind. Maybe they, they kept their jobs, but they, they've gotten so far behind financially that they're just wondering where, you know, how, how are we going to put this all back together? Some have lost loved ones. So this is going to be an incredible time for the pastor, for the church, to minister to our people. 
but it's also a time for us to look at what is happening in the world around us and share the hope that there is in the gospel. People need hope. Uh, this pandemic, man, what, you know, who of us thought we'd ever live through a pandemic? This pandemic is, is, is touching people in, in so many different ways. We have an opportunity to deal with the real questions of life that matter. So there's going to be a reset moving forward. Uh, right. And Mike, I, I fully agree. I, I, Mike, I believe that you're exactly right. We're going to, it's going to be a reset. Things are going to be different. Uh, Tony, one of the things that I've noticed in churches, many of our churches had difficulty in uh, uh, reaching out through different means of media. They just, they just didn't have the ability to do it. And they were uh, having a real hard time. Uh, many of them didn't even use email. They didn't know what a Facebook page was. Uh, if they, most, many of them didn't even have websites for their churches, and that's changed. Tony, what do you see our churches doing in the future as a result of being exposed to and really forced into a different technological age? What do you think about it? I, I think you're right. I think there were some who were probably ill-prepared for it, but boy, we saw some remarkable efforts going forward where people were doing all they could as fast as they could to maintain uh, contact with their friends uh, in church and, so I, and in their greater community. Um, and in fact, what I found remarkable, one pastor said to me, um, we had a larger audience by being online and then another pastor said, we are receiving offerings from across the nation. People yeah. are mailing Isn't it amazing? us. Isn't <laughs> yes. amazing? So, uh, so I think there was enough for people to say, wow, people are comfortable watching our message when it's convenient for them, or they're comfortable considering the offers of Christ through an internet uh, display in my home, in their home. And so then I think probably I've heard enough people say it's not going to replace what we've had. But yet they're like, wow, this is a whole nother layer. So I do think it has had its implications. I also have to share this. Uh, two or three of the university leaders, and I think this is true even with the older adults, they've said that they thought people were not going to be um, very personal or very personable on online meetings. And it's just the opposite. Some have said, you know, in our online small groups or in our conversations about spirituality, we found people being, and this is the word they use, more vulnerable because it was kind of like I'm in the, uh, in the environment in my own home. I can be real. I can talk. And maybe in the back of their mind, they thought if I get frightened, I can just simply end the conversation by put end meeting. And so right. I was deeply touched by the fact that um, I think we've seen a conversion by experience where people probably will always use this now. And then finally, one of our youngest new church planters out of the greater Detroit area. I was so thrilled the other day when I was on social media and he'd taken a screenshot of his discipleship group with his men all over his neighborhood in the Westland Garden City area and to see him leading a men's group rather than letting it slide during some of the most stressful days in these men's lives. To see this pastor having these conversations just, it, it brought tears to my soul thinking about what, what I've seen in him and how far he's come and maintaining and continuing his ministry uh, to people in a personal way. So I think it will continue, even though we all kid about being tired of another, you know, online meeting. It's tough watching, <laughs> yes. interacting people with one inch squares on a screen, but yet 
I am so grateful that if this had to happen, it happened during a time of technology. So I, Pastor Tim, I think we'll see people make use of this in a great way. I, I do too, uh, Tony. I've, I'm in contact with a lot of pastors across the, the country and uh, a lot of our state executive directors and leaders in the SBC. And they're all talking about these same things that God is using this in uh, phenomenal ways to reach people that have never been reached before. I have a pastor friend who just told me the other day, he said, I've been doing, we've been doing these online broadcasts, uh, which they had not done before. Uh, the very great church, and I mean a booming church, a wonderful church, but they just had not done anything online. He said, I'm having people saved every Sunday from these online broadcasts. Which is, Amen. It's just awesome. See, that's, and it's just a new way for us to reach out, a new way to, for us to do this. I also believe that some of our small groups are, are it's going to be more difficult for them to come back together uh, very quickly. And uh, I think we're, there's going to be social distancing as uh, the director of uh, our, our Homeland uh, Health Care uh, said yesterday uh, that social distancing is going to continue throughout the summer. So some of our churches, and I've talked with some of our other church planters and, and some of our younger churches, they're not planning on going back corporately until sometime probably in August, which is, you know, it kind of surprised me. But again, I'm thinking through all of this, uh, that's, some, that's some huge change. That's a huge change for us. Um, so, uh, Mike, what, what do you think about some of that, of these not coming together as quickly as we thought we might, just as soon as it's been lifted? Uh, how do you see that? And what have you heard? Well, obviously, each individual church will make that decision when the time comes. But I think moving forward, a church has to have a twofold strategy, on campus and off campus. We've learned through all that's happening, the incredible impact that churches are having, literally some of them around the world because of their online services. And as we move forward, if there is a, you know, if it reverts back, if it begins to spread again, we may find ourselves not being able to gather in the church. So that online presence really should continue even as we're on campus together. There are, there are four numbers, I think, that are important moving forward. The first one is 100. You know, when this all started, we were asked to keep our meeting size to less than 100. Now, that obviously is going to be okay for most of our churches, but a number, another number is the number six. We're asked to keep six feet from others. So our churches are going to have to be uh, very creative in how they put that space together so that when people do gather in the church, there is that social distancing requirement. Also, another number that came out during all this is the number 10. And uh, there was a time when it said, keep your meetings to less than 10 people. And we might want to move forward strategizing. How do we do our small groups? Because small groups are really where the interaction and the the ministry and the equipping and, and a lot of other things uh, take place. You know, uh, how do we limit our groups to 10 or less? And the last number is one. Who's that one person that I'm praying for who needs to know Christ as Savior and Lord? So, you know, a lot of things are in my mind moving forward, but church is going to be different. Absolutely, it's going to be different, Mike. You know, one of the things when you talk about that limit to 10, you know, back in the old days of uh, Sunday school growth, you didn't want your your small group to get much larger than 10, maybe 12 people. This may be forcing us to do that so that it gets to a certain size. You have to create a new small group. What a novel idea. 
because we know new groups grow more. And the, the more you have new groups and you, you create new ones, what a, what a great way to literally push us back to some older principles that work very, very well. So um, I think it's just the way God's using this. This is a unique thing that's happening today. Yeah, that, that so, 10 is fantastic. Every time you start a new group in your church, statistics reveal that you will have a 10. Uh, generally, you'll have a, an increase in attendance of 10 people. And part of that 10 needs to be people who are not currently connected to your church, people in the community. And that's why that online presence, it's, it, it's becoming the, the, the front door. It is the front door of the church right now. And the more we can do to connect with those folks, the better we're going to be at helping, having opportunities to share the gospel and see the Lord Jesus just absolutely transform their lives. Absolutely. I, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's going to be a great way to do it. Now, there are going to be those who don't like it. Of course, you get two or more Baptists together in Jesus' name, and somebody's <laughs> not happy about something. You know, uh, they're, not, they're not going to like something. But this is a new reality, and we have to be very, very sensitive, I think, to people's concerns, needs, some of their fears, because they're real, they're genuine. And there's uh, inordinate fears, and then there's ordinate fears. Uh, and some people have some very real, true, true fears. So we need to be be careful about that. I I've been kind of concerned, and my, Tony, maybe you can speak to this a little bit about the the guilt issue. You know, some people not coming together. It's going to be a they're going to feel guilty because they don't do that. Uh, particularly some of our older generation people, they'll just come to church no matter what. They're going to come. They're going to give. They're going to keep going. But some of our young people, they're not going to come, and I'm afraid some other believers may be trying to throw a little guilt on them for not being there. So, uh, Tony, what do you think about that? Is that going to be an issue, or and if so, how could we address that issue? That's a great question, Pastor Tim. I think one of the things that that we could do is is first of all cover that under the subject of you know, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, because I think <laughs> yep. that's actually what's going to happen as we all receive that release to, to um, reorganize ourselves back into some kind of new normal. And I think you're right. Um, there are so many wonderful passages in the book of Romans that talks about us, you know, being humble, thinking of others better than ourselves, um, not being judgmental toward others in other parts of the New Testament and, of course, you know, throughout Scripture. And I think that's the, the thing we'll have to remember is to let each congregation with its own leadership determine their own path and not sit in judgment uh, of others. And you're right, even within each congregation, Pastor Tim, you're right. Each generation um, or those in different statuses of life, uh, mothers and fathers of children that are preschool age may have a deeper concern than those uh, like Jamie and I who are living at home with no adult children in our lives, um, you know, except in their own households right now. And so I think you're right. We have to all be full of grace. And I also think the second G is to then temper everything we say with gentleness. So have an attitude of grace and speak with gentleness as we watch everybody else launch themselves back out into the new normals. But I think your words are words of caution and aptly spoken. You guys, another thing I've thought about is I, I'm kind of a tactile kind of guy. I like to touch and feel and 
hug. And I'm from the South. And, you know, you hug everybody from the South. That's just what we do. I don't know if we're going to be able to do that anymore in churches. Or if we do, people might be offended, upset. Uh, you know, how about shaking hands? You know, how are we going to do this deal? Um, that's going to be kind of different. What do you What do you guys think about that? Do y'all have any perspective on it? Touching is going to be a no-no for a while. Uh, think about think about when we come to church. You know, we we walk in, we hug one another, we give those handshakes, and then within the service itself, you know, we do things like we we pass the offering plate. You know, how would you feel if you're the the 60th person to touch that 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 plate in a in an environment like this? Or you know, how how about the hymnal and the pencil or the Bible in the pew in front of you? We need to rethink how we can minimize any possible source of infection in the church. And as we're doing that, dealing with how people greet one another, I think churches need to be creative with how they greet one another. You know, there's a, the deaf sign for I love you. Maybe a church could adopt a, a, a sign to greet one another with during this period of time. Or maybe they could raise their hands over their, their heads and, and, and shake them, which is deaf for applause. And the reason that, you know, it's, it's like, I'm applauding you. I, I love you. I'm glad to see you again. I can't touch you, but I still care about you. So we need to come up with a, you know, each church perhaps coming up with a new social greeting, a new expression of that, uh, you know, kiss each other on the cheek kind of thing that the New Testament <laughs> talks about. You know, you know uh, Mike, that, that kind of brought up an idea. I mean, it gives a whole new meaning to the word dirty money. <laughs> the offering plate, you know, uh, and, you know, this is a whole other subject about how we give and how we uh, provide financing for our churches. You know, online giving has really changed and it's uh, people who would never have done that in churches would have never done that before have seen that as a real blessing. So there's going to be a lot of, uh, I think, growth in the electronic giving and those things as we've already seen. Uh, also, in, in the area of the touching thing and how we do signage around the church, one of my favorite I've seen so far is let's it says uh, let's spread the gospel, <laughs> not the virus. You know uh, those kind of things, and uh, I think you're going to see the the hand sanitizing stations everywhere, and I think there's going to be a different level of cleanliness in the local church. You mentioned some of that as well. Hey, hey, Tony, what, what do you think about that, that level of cleanliness in the church and how we keep our facilities more sanitary and safe? Particularly, I'm thinking about our nursery areas and our children's areas. Uh, what, what do you see in that? Have you heard of any churches or, or gotten any ideas on that? I think that uh, one of the things that we can look at is the fact that that goes right in line with our great commission and our, you know, great command to love one another. As we receive infants and children into our childcare in the future, uh, as we take care of them, to do that with a vigilance, but with a gentleness and a calm that doesn't make the children feel alarmed, um, that means that we as leaders, uh, ministers, and as teachers, that we have to organize ourselves, as Mike was mentioning, in such a great way that uh, it becomes like a second nature to us, a natural thing that we do so that it doesn't seem alarming. Um, and so I think you're right. Those products will come back into our churches. They'll be on our walls. They'll be at the doorway stations. There will be something that our leaders will encourage and, and guide and expect 
of all the workers uh, to make sure that these children that come in can leave just as secure as they did when they arrived so that people can relax, uh, worship God together because, boy, they are going to enjoy that again when they can hear one another's voices and stand shoulder to shoulder with the person who sings a different part in the harmony and they're singing another part. Um, it's going to be a good time. So I, I expect that our pastors, church leaders, children's ministers, youth leaders will really work hard at doing that because it's that command to love one another as Christ loved the church. So we want to look out for each other's lives and help each other maintain their health. So thank you, Tony. That's, that's a good word, guys. I, I can tell that it's, uh, it's a new world for us. It's going to be a new world for the church. Uh, just want to make sure that we help our churches navigate this well. And so in the future, as we talk about this in our future podcasts, we may have some opportunities to have pastors come on with us and talk with us and tell us how they're navigating this new norm. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing that happen. I'm looking forward to seeing how we continue to punch holes in the darkness through these uh, opportunities that God has given us. He's taken the church outside of its four walls, which we've always been commanded to do, but we've been a little bit hard to get out and get out of our comfort zone. Well, our comfort zones have been crushed. And uh, now that uh, that comfort is not there, now we're outside. What are we going to do with it? So in the future podcast and the things that we talk about, that's going to be some of them that we will address. And of course, we're going to address some other issues as well that are, are pertinent to and important to the local church and particularly to our ministries here in Michigan. Well, folks, it's been great to be together today. It's been a wonderful time to talk with you and share with you. I, I pray you'll share uh, these podcasts with others, share links with your friends, let them know about it in your different level, different places where you get your podcasts. Uh, we want to be able to share with you and be part of your ministry and part of your life and just serve you because that is what we here at the Baptist State Convention have been called to do, to serve you. It, we're not here to tell you what to do. We're not here to... Uh, direct your life or to demand something of you. We're just here to help serve you. So if we can help you in any way, please let us know. Contact us in, the, in our different points of, of contact, either through email or phone numbers. And, and if you go to our websites, you'll find all of those uh, uh, places where you can contact us. And we're glad to visit with you and talk with you about any of your needs. We want you to know we love you. We care for you. We thank God for you and are praising God that God is going to use you to punch holes in the darkness. God bless you guys. This has been Punching Holes in the Darkness, a podcast from the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. If you have liked this episode, please rate us and leave a review. That will help others to find us and enjoy these conversations too. And if you subscribe, you will be notified when new episodes are available. Join us next time as we help Michigan churches punch holes in the darkness.